when we think of God, we think of uh, an old man with a beard uh, talking down on us piney little humans, instructing us what to do and giving us commandments. But we need to understand that this is just one way of looking at this divine being and looking at him as a jealous, angry God isn't the way that the Balinese or Hindus in general view the creator. In Eastern traditions, it is not necessary to actually be theistic. It's not necessary to have God in the picture at all. A lot of times, Eastern traditions focus on personal development, on how we connect to our inner self, our Atman or soul. It talks about how one should interact in this world with the material nature. And in some rare cases, it actually mentions of a divine being, a creator god, that actually is a spiritual energy. It is a spiritual energy that permeates the entire universe, that creates what we are, consciousness, soul, Atman, whatever you want to call it. And it is eventually that primeval source we would have to return to. It is Brahman. It is a divine energy. This Brahman is also situated within the hearts of all living entities as the Supersoul, the Paramatma. It is the conscience that guides every single person. It is this intuition that this tiny, this tiny whispering in the heart telling you what's right and wrong. And above all, it is Bhagavan. It is the Supreme Godhead himself. It is God expressed in a particular form or figure. And this form or figure is not limited to one. But just as there are innumerable waves in the ocean, similarly there are innumerable forms and um, different images of God. And he can be a supreme he, or it can be a she, or it can even be an it. It doesn't really matter. There are many manifestations of God, and there's many um, different ways God connects with us. Similarly, there's many ways we can connect with God. We can connect to God as a servant. We can connect to God as a friend, as a parent, as a lover. It, it, again, it really doesn't matter. It's personal. And this is the beauty of how Eastern religions or Eastern traditions view God. Um, especially in Hinduism, God is not seen only as a creator, a preserver, or a destroyer. He is also seen as our own consciousness. He is also seen as something we should strive to connect with. And eventually, this God is a sweet being. It is, he is, or she is, free to be whoever you want to be. 
and that is completely okay. This is the difference between how Abrahamic religions view God and how Eastern religions view God. And this is extremely important for this then impacts how important religion plays in the role of a Hindu, for example. In Abrahamic religions, that is to say in Islam, Christianity, and in Catholic religions, they view God and religion as a particular code of conduct. Well, in Hinduism, it's a lifestyle. It's a way of living. It is a particular worldview. And these are extremely different perspectives. One sees religion as an institution, as a church, as something that governs over you and that has a particular hierarchy and set of rules and has above all a god that is portrayed in a particular way in scripture while the other is free to and open to interpretation and to individual uh, conscious lifestyle choices so it's it's extremely important to understand when a balinese comes up to you and say that they're religious it doesn't necessarily mean that they are strict or that they go to the temple a lot it means that they are craving for a connection with the divine isn't that beautiful god also possesses qualities and these are primarily three there's sat or eternal chit cognizant or full of knowledge and ananda blissful eternal full of knowledge and bliss it is also satyam truthfulness shivam auspiciousness sundaram and beauty it is satchit ananda it is satyam shivam sundaram and god is primarily manifested as nirguna brahman or the supreme that is unmanifested without a form or saguna brahman or the supreme that is manifested in a particular form and these forms are not imagine are not are not creations of imaginations but are seen through the eyes of the sages through the seers written down in ancient texts and scriptures vividly described every inch item of clothing and um weapon that is held these are all well descripted all all well described in ancient scriptures and preserved in manuscripts on palm leaf writings so they are history they are historical and they are very much so um a divine inspiration sacred objects and sacred images or statues of gods are not just mere stone or painting or imagination or creation of human hands they are transformed into divine energy by connecting it or reconnecting it in this case with the spiritual energy what exactly is spiritual energy well spiritual energy is the energy of the divine it is the energy that we 
can feel but we can't really see it is that dark matter if you may and as god is the possessor of this spiritual energy as well as of the material energy god can easily transform something material into spiritual therefore when we create a material image of god and when we infuse it with bhakti devotion with mantra or sacred syllables and when we have the right intention and mood of connecting it with the divine god himself or herself or itself can transform mere stone into spiritual energy again it is not the worship of the statue it is not the worship of the figure the figure or the statue um acts as a post box if you may just as if you place a letter into a post box the postman will then take the letter to your destination similarly these deities or images or paintings are mere representations that you can then um give your offerings to or give your prayers to and then they are redirected to the actual spiritual being however some deities some pieces of art and some places or objects are more sacred than others because they have been transformed by the spiritual energy of god into a divine and sacred object of adoration